Hi, I'm Shah. I'm Ollie. And we are Creeping in the Family, a podcast where we dish details about all things horror. Episode 102. There, I've Episode done it. 103. I've already gone. Is it? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, shit, yeah, because Monday's it was only released today, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Bad start. <laughs> it's it's confirmed. The... Yeah, I've done it. I'm out of practice. It's all right, it's fine. It, we're, we're a bit out of whack because normally we've got like two episodes on the go. Uh, Hereditary, Hereditary, your pick. I've actually wanted to watch this for a while. Me um, too. I, I can't remember what film I watched by A24, which is, is that the, is what, what company is that to Hereditary? Is it the producers? Is I would it, presume so, some company. Yeah, it's like, I think it's like Dimension. Like Blumhouse and, yeah, is too, yeah. yeah. So, they, I can't remember which one they did. I, I think you might have seen it, it was like a cult on an island. can't remember what it was called. Was it when they got, no. And then there was like this, this, like, oh, I don't even know how to describe it. Anyway. Oh, what was it called? <laughs> That's on anyway, I really enjoyed it. So, I, and I, there's a TikTok that I've got liked, and it's a bunch of A24 films and Hereditary. I've, I, I heard good things about it anyway when it was circulating. A lot of people, and I mean a lot of people, have called this the scariest horror film of our generation. Really? Yeah. See, I liked it because, and I, there's another film. I watched The Menu the other day yeah. for the first <gasps> so time. So did I. Really enjoyed I it. I loved it. I really it. enjoyed it. Shah watched it on her own and was like, oh, it's shit, you won't like oh, it. Oh, I was going to recommend the menu as my next film. <laughs> so I watched it with Shah the other day and I really enjoyed it because it's taken away... It's not horror in the sense of jump scares, stabbings, blood, gore. It, it's... Which I think is the same as Hereditary because when I went into it, I thought it's going to be like a, a conjuring thing. There's going to be yeah. a demon. It possesses them. There's jump scares, blah, blah, blah. But it's... The horror in Hereditary is half about this cult, cult or whatever it is, this demonic figure. Yeah. But also just like the the strain that losses can put on families. It's and a stuff. lot. It's it's a yeah. film about grief. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? It's not just about it's it's not like a, a supernatural presence that's killing and haunting yeah. it. There's, it's scary in a different way. It does feel like a film about grief with a lot of horror and cult stuff tossed into it. It does feel primarily yeah. about grief. And it's heartbreaking. I mean, the, one of my first points, like, was how Tony Collette did not get an Oscar nomination. Who's Tony Collette? The, which, which the mother, Annie. The mother, right. How she did not get yeah. an Oscar nomination for Hereditary, I will never know. Yeah, well, was there, there was some really good acting. Incredible. From all of them, from Peter, from, from a lot of them, I thought the, yeah, they were the acting was good. And you did, um, what was I watching earlier? I think it. Oh, it was. It was a YouTube video about the Conjuring franchise and how they're all linked. And they were saying the Conjuring one and two does so well because you care about the characters, which is I think applies to this film. Yeah. Um, the the character development's good. There's stuff about them. Yeah. It's it's not just face value, is it? You can you kind of like understand the pain and feel the pain. I mean, so. oh my God, Peter the son, he broke my heart sometimes. The, the, there's, like... there's not someone in there who you think's a dickhead. They've all got things about them where you yeah. think, oh, like bad bad tendencies. But they're all justifiable. The yeah, the, yeah, the human beings. So you, you do feel from the Peter, Charlie, the mum, the dad. Like you yeah. feel, you feel for all of them. You do. So your overall, like your overall opinion, then, what do you think? It was good. I'd watch. I'd watch it again, which I don't say for a lot of horrors. Um, so that's good praise in itself. It's. It was actually a pleasant surprise because I was expecting the same sort of formula of demonic possessions, where it, it really wasn't like that. So. Yeah. Uh, well, we're we going to start rating films out of ten. Yeah, think? I think for season two. I mean, we never really, we never really rated films before, no. and that's sort of what we're here we, for. We did to it for a mid week. So, yeah. so yeah. I'd, I'd go. <sighs> right, give me two. How much you enjoyed the film and how scary it was. So how, out of ten, I, I'd give them both. 
out, sorry, 10 being the scariest, one being the least scary. I'd give enjoyment eight, scariness seven. I don't think it was the scariest. Um, it had its moments, don't get me wrong, like that first bit where she turns the light off and the, <gasps> oh my... standing there. Because that, that's right at the start of the film and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Here we go. Because I'm, I'm out of... Pro- well, I've obviously still been watching horrors, but we haven't been reviewing them. Uh, so I'm a bit out of practice and I was like, oh, Christ, here we go. But yeah, it was... Uh, set, I'd give it 7.5 scariness, 8 enjoyable. That's quite hard for you. Uh, it's going to be hard because it's going to be... Because I could easily watch a film that I enjoyed loads more than Hereditary. That's not a discredit to Hereditary. It was really good. But then I, I don't think any films are 10 out of 10 other than all the Halloweens, except for Ends. Except yeah. <laughs> not that we're what, bringing what, that up again. What about you? What are your ratings? <laughs> um, right, so I watched... I've never watched it either. I've seen loads of clips because it's all over TikTok and things yeah. like that. And uh, I, w- I was expecting something different to what it was. I don't necessarily feel like I enjoyed it more. I thought it was okay. It, I wouldn't watch it again. If somebody said, oh, do you want to watch Hereditary? I'd be like, yeah, okay. But yeah, I wouldn't I'm, actively I'm put it on I myself. I wouldn't watch it by myself and put it on. No, but if somebody was like, oh, do you want to watch Hereditary? I'd be like, yeah, okay, that's fine. It's one of them. If you're flicking through Sky Movers or something and it's on, you might be like, oh, yeah, Bold I'll, I'll watch it Bold of you to assume that I could afford Sky Movers well, in this cost of living crisis. stick movies. And, it, you know, it, it was okay. So I would rate it five out of scariness. I didn't think it was very scary at all. Apart from the woman standing, that creeped me out. But that's the rest of it. Really didn't the bother thing is me. It, oh, it these, was, these ratings are going to be so controversial because it was more eerie than scary. Yeah, it was, I was never like, "Whoa, that's that shit me up." But I was like, you know, like when you're like, "Oh Christ!" It it don't even try and build up suspense either. No. It was more, it was more shock horror like. The word, yeah, the word I would use is jarring. Yeah, it was very jarring, and you know, some of the scene and the imagery at the end is just unbelievably gruesome and gory. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to it when we get to it, but. Yeah, an enjoyment, probably a six. As I say, I would watch it if somebody else wanted to watch it. I didn't think it will not make my top ten horror films. No. But it it was okay, and it was worth a watch. So if you haven't watched it... I still don't really understand it, by the way. I've got a few ideas, but I've not got... We'll discuss them as we go along. Well, it's been quite nice, because usually when we watch a horror film, one of us have already watched it and have got a preconceived idea. But now... We both not watched it, and so my notes literally go through what I was thinking as the film started and stopped. Right. So we should be able to piece bits together. So let's start from the beginning. It starts with an obituary of the grandmother called Ellen, and immediately we also faced with a minute. Uh, I don't know what actually the term is. I don't want to call her a doll maker because she's not a doll maker. I, w- I went with miniaturist. Yeah, it, it's she creates it is tiny an art little crafts. It's amazing. It, but yeah, it's essentially like this is probably. Um, dropping it like patronising it but it's it's making like doll houses and miniature yeah. figurines but a lot more realistic like it's all done with like intricate tools and stuff like that yeah I mean later on uh, and I don't know if actually it might be now that we learn it to be fair she's doing a bit for a gallery yeah so it's it's a full on project like she's being paid to do this it's an exhibit and I'm not entirely sure about this but I think this is true but a lot of the cutscenes were miniature like the like the deceit like from going from one act or one chapter to another, they'll do like a cutscene of, of the woods or something from an aerial view. I'm pretty sure some of them were miniature, like made like, oh, like I, sets. I haven't got a full fact about it. I might be it. wrong because I, I caught the glimpse and I was like, that tree looked a bit a bit plasticky. So I might be wrong. Well, what I do know, this is it's what was one of my fun facts, so I won't repeat it later on. But when it zooms in on the first dollhouse to the boys' bedroom to Peter's bedroom. It, and then it suddenly turns into Peter's bedroom. I thought that was a really, yeah, good, was really good move in. But they had to build the dollhouse the exact same time that they built P- 
Peter's room up in the studio so that they worked side by side so everything was absolutely perfect. Oh, so they had to build it side by side to do it. And I was just like, you know, when you take that much care and that much yeah, well, you, precision you, you, you over a project... You can see in the film, for one, I'll get it out there, the score was really good. The, yeah, the, it was the audio really The audio film unsettling. was really, really good. And, and the visuals, like the aesthetic, the, the setting, it was all really... It just seemed very dull in a good way. Mm-hmm. Like there was, there was no brightness. There was, do you know what I'm saying? It, it was all. It felt quite a claustrophobic film. I thought. Yeah, definitely. So we presume that they go into a funeral. They're all wearing black, and we learn that Charlie, the daughter, slept in the treehouse. Uh, the funeral itself is pretty non-committal. She doesn't seem like she was very close with the mother even at the start. It's very estranged. It, it, yeah, even from the speech she gives, you can tell this. This. It's such a face value speech of like yeah. it's a generic speech. It's like you have to yeah, sort because of because she wasn't out. close to her mum, and you, you can see you get you get from the first five minutes she's not really the mother's more dealing with guilt of not feeling um, grief about the loss of a mother because yeah. they wasn't close, and the family seem like they had no real attachment or grief towards. The, aside the, the from Charlie, aside from Charlie, yes, yeah. because that Charlie was uh, Ellen's favourite. Yeah. But the dad even says to Peter at some point, he's like, you okay? You're sad? And he's like, yeah, no. And then he just goes, yeah, I get it. And so the, uh, Annie does mention that they have, pri- a mum had private rituals and private friends. And the first thing I put was private rituals, private friends, cult. Yeah. And then I also noticed the necklace that had the symbol on it I was, when she was in the open casket. I was like, definitely a cult. Yeah. So I knew it was immediately something about a cult rather I than a possession. Well, Me too. They are very good. The Then we get the section about Charlie and her grandma being very close. The mum says, you know, you were her favourite. And she. we also learned that she wouldn't let her breastfeed yeah. Charlie. And a little bit later, if did you notice, a vid, there's, well, there's a miniature of Annie laid in bed and the old woman next to her has got a boob out trying to feed Charlie. So I think her mum tried to breastfeed, like Ellen tried to breastfeed her or yeah. did breastfeed her. Don't know about the circumstances behind that, but it, it was there. So so before we get too deep into it, my understanding of the cult is Ellen was the queen mm-hmm. and they needed a male body to be the king. Yeah. That male body was supposed to be the mother's brother. Yeah. Because the bro- mother's brother stated that... the. So what's the mother's name? So I can stop calling her Annie. Mother. Annie. Annie's brother, so Ellen's son yeah killed himself and used to claim that ellen had put things inside of him which i'm guessing was the the demonic presence that the cult's following because it needs a male vessel that was my understanding yeah which is why charlie also says grandma wanted me to be a boy because he needed a boy vessel yeah um so yeah that's my understanding of the cult that that because again it's which i think it does well in leaving it quite it's not. It doesn't spoon feed you what happened. It kind of leaves you wondering. But that was my interpretation of the cult. Ah, see, I thought, yeah, exactly the same. But I thought slightly differently. So they were trying to put the this prince of hell's or the king of hell's yeah. body uh, soul into a, a vessel. I don't know if the brother died, like killed himself, or he was killed by them trying to do the ritual. Because it said there've been two failed rituals so far. Because Ellen's husband died. And so did Annie's brother. So I thought both times they tried to like create that sacrifice and do that ritual because they mentioned it at the end that twice they'd failed. And this like, Peter was the third vessel. But Ellen also died, but is still known as a queen. So does dying mean that the, the ritual's failed or it's completed? Because Ellen in the shrine at the end, Ellen's still on there being the queen. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think 
you was right, the two failed ones. I, th I think the brother killed himself, uh, and his brother killed himself because he was being possessed. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, Peter went through with it. That's what I've, and now he, he now became, possess possessed seems like a really conjuring, um, insidious term. But it means like, it's not like a possession like you see demon and stuff, but they're just, they're taken over. But what I don't understand is the, the mother had a soft spot for Charlie, um, who was a female. Yeah. And they needed a male vessel. So where where did this soft spot for Charlie come from? And is, is the reason because Peter, I say killed her, it was an accident, but Peter killed her in this accident. Is that the reason why it turned to Peter? But why was it Charlie? I don't understand. Well, I think, I thought Charlie was the prince of hell. I think he was inhab inhabiting her body until, because it said she, Ellen welcomes Charlie in the cult house at the end. She's like, finally, you've got a vessel. So was Charlie the like the king of hell already? But she had to die to be released into Peter's body. But why did Peter need? Why? What? What? Why did? Why did? Yeah, I understand that. But why? I don't understand the concept of this vessel. Like, if they're just going to get in him and kill him, like, there's no. All, all you're doing then is killing someone one by one. Surely, the king of hell, like, is it's it's better than that. I don't understand it. Me neither. I need to watch an end and explain video on it. Yeah, that'll that'll maybe cover it. Yeah. Um, Charlie asks who'll take care of her when now that a grandma's died and her mum says I will. And she then says, yeah, but what about when you die? Yeah. And I th it just like struck me back to, you know, when you, like Oliver used to say some really weird shit when he was younger. He once told mum, if I cut your throat and then cut my own throat, we can die together. And that was like at the age of six. <laughs> yeah, <I'm, laughs> you psycho. Not wrong though. But yeah, I mean, you weren't wrong, but it did remind me. And there's a, there's a word on the wall as well. And I believe it says satiny, like S-A-T-O-N-Y. Or Satavi, I can't remember, I can't read my own writing at this point. I was sort of reading and scribbling. Annie's going through her mum's stuff and there's a letter of apology and it says, sacrifice pale to the rewards. So I assume the sacrifice is being Charlie, Peter and all like of the them really the in the family, end because they're yeah. all sacrificed. And then she goes to turn off the light and the woman is standing, that is creepy yeah, shit. Yeah, and it, it was so, it reminded me of the, sorry to bring it back, but it reminded me of the shot where Michael comes in Halloween, the original, where Michael comes out with that. You know where it plays the same yeah, trick. Oh uh, yeah, where it's just. Oh, it's one Are of they ones, there? Are they yeah, not there? Yeah, like you're at you like, are my eyes playing tricks on me? But that luckily the camera does stay there a while, and it does become evident that someone is stood there. Yeah, and no, that, they that, use that, the that same. Was, that's what I mean by eerie scariness. They didn't try and make you jump, but it just kind of sent shivers up your spine. So the next cut we get is that Charlie is at school and she's definitely disturbed. I mean, the bird smacks into the window and she ends up cutting the head off it. And then the psychopath woman is staring at Charlie or waving at Charlie. And she's sort of like looking like she's not sure. Um, the grandma carved a triangle into the floor as well. Yeah. And it seems like totally all right with that as well. She's just like, oh. Well, well, you get the idea from, like, that it was really... Her, her mum seemed like a total bitch, like, just to even speak to, like, which wasn't pleasant to be around. Yeah. So you get the impression you kind of be... Uh, and and she she seems... Because, uh, obviously, we don't really see her in the film, only a, a corpse. Yeah. Uh, and pictures of her. But even in the pictures, she's all, she seems quite snobby, quite up herself. Like, yeah. She see, cause, well, because as you find out at the end, she was she the queen, queen of, of the cult, yeah. yeah. But y you don't you don't hear any nice stories about it. It always seems to be negative. So it kind of seems like 
if it was me, you'd, you'd be more like, oh, I'll just stay out of the way and leave it to herself if it saves us having a, a, a scuffle or a row. Yeah, and we also get Steve as well. So Annie's husband and the kid's father, he gets a phone call after and it says that the grave's been desecrated and we don't know how it's been desecrated till the end because it's never revealed. Yeah. But it is quickly found out. We also see that the mum goes to a grief meeting for a mum. So... I think you're absolutely right. She she doesn't she's going through the motions of grief, but she doesn't really feel it. Yes, yeah, I think she's going to this meeting because she feels bad about not having grief. Yeah. So she go that she's not going there to deal with the grief. She's going there to find out why she isn't feeling any. But she doesn't tell her family that she goes there. She says no. she goes to the movies, doesn't she? And it, it's interesting the fact that she goes, but she does reveal a lot about herself yeah. and so mental illness runs in the family hence the term hereditary it could mean multiple things yeah well then the brother hanged himself the dad starved himself in a psychotic episode and so you're sort of implying okay so if mental illness runs in the family is is it part mental illness like yeah. is it just the cult is it other things and the oh god i don't know about you but the fucking clicking didn't scare me. It just annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah, I see why they did it, but it, yeah, it didn't have... But then again, I don't think this film's out to scare no, you. No, it's there to... It, it's there to, to make you feel tell uneasy. you that, that she's there, yeah. isn't it? We see that mum and Peter, the son's relationship is really fragmented. He asks to go out and she sort of makes him take Charlie even though he doesn't want to. He doesn't protest, but she... You know, she's he's not pleased about it because he just wants to go to a barbecue, doesn't he? And I don't. I'm guessing this because this film is good. I think it would have been a character. Um, it, uh, it was purposely put in there, but she, whenever it's with Peter, she always seems to answer his questions with questions back. Yeah, she never gives him. She's straight really answers. cold towards yeah, him. She's quite patronising. And so Charlie does like end up going. And they go to the party and we learn at the funeral she's eating a Hershey's bar. And it's a very irrelevant detail, yeah. but it actually comes back later. He says, there's no nuts in that, is there? And she says, no. And we see that they're chopping nuts at the party with a knife. And as, as I just put, Charlie's allergic. Peter ends up ditching her uh, to get baked. And he says, you know, go get some cake. And I thought this was actually quite cute because she was like... They're not giving it out to everybody. And yeah. he's like, no, just go take a piece. Like, don't worry about it. Just go take some. And we see that she is, she she takes the cake and she starts sort of like, she know you can tell something's yeah. not right. She's like feeling a tongue. She's feeling a face. She starts getting blotchy. And he, she goes into him and says she's not feeling good. And he rushes her in the car to get to the hospital. Now, this was pretty bad. She struggles. She manages to get the window open to get some fresh air. Sticks her head out of the car. He ends up avoiding a deer and it decapitates her because yeah, he goes past too close to a pole and yeah, just completely pole. beheads her. I really liked Peter's acting in this bit. It I was agree. so. The, the, they could have tried to make it so Hollywood with screaming and blood and gore, yeah. but all it was was Peter's face and he's, he's blank. Like It's, yeah. it's kind of like from that moment on he's, he's, he's switched as a different person he, he just seems so and even when he sets off he doesn't even look back he doesn't panic he knows exactly what's just happened but he says he says doesn't he, he goes are you okay yeah and then he doesn't say anything and then he just sets off and starts driving and the next time we see him he's laid in bed and he hasn't slept a wink yeah. and Annie you can hear Annie in the background like oh I'm gonna go to work blah 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 and you just hear this gut-wrenching scream. So I'm guessing he just left the body yeah, in the Yeah, he just car. left the body. He completely went into shock. Yeah. Like, he completely lost it. And it's heartbreaking. And it's really sad because, like, you get um, Steve trying to come for Annie. And she's rocking back and forth like she's in labour. Yeah. And it's sort of the... She's saying, you know, just kill me. 
please just let me die. Like, it hurts too much. And it's so sad. How did she not get even... An, I mean, okay, maybe not win the Oscar, but she should have done. She was amazing. Yeah. But how did she not even get nominated for it? And there's a red light on in the treehouse, and that sort of implies evil, even though it is just the heater. Yeah playing up it, and that is where the final scene ends up taking place yeah. at the end but annie sleeps in there to be close to charlie because charlie always yeah. slept in there peter's really struggling and he has no focus and he sees visions of the mirror in the car when he's at school he's completely traumatized as he should be and he ends up when he's smoking weed with his mates the i presume it's like a few days after it yeah. must be at least a week or two they've had the funeral and stuff like that yeah like he starts having a panic attack yeah. but it's replicating how charlie felt he says i can't breathe yeah partly probably because of the weed yeah but and he's having like this paranoid attack but also because it's replicating charlie's it goes home like this breaks my heart this honestly this scene made i think this scene was the one that made me really teary he goes home later and annie's in the car but she's got the lights off so he can't see her and you see Peter pausing before he goes inside because he just doesn't want to go in. Yeah. Like, he feels so uncomfortable in his home. This is why this film's scary, I think. It's scary in the sense where everyone, everyone is not to not to blame like it was it was an accident but that doesn't just because it's an accident it doesn't mean things are, it doesn't make things any easier well you know we've both got a younger sister i mean heaven touch wood nothing ever happens like that to eloise but you imagine being responsible yeah, for that I death know. like how do you, how do you even live with yourself yeah. after that i mean he's not responsible for a death because she stuck her head out the window and he had to avoid that deer or else they were going to crash yeah. as horrible as it sounds you kind of want there to be someone to blame in them instances yeah. you'd rather a drunk driver hit than, than one of your, your loved ones yeah. accidentally caused that issue because you, you've when when something hurts you that bad you need to direct it at something well you feel like you do anyway you need something to blame and in that in that case there isn't there's there's no one to blame but then she drives off as soon as he goes in she doesn't want to see him no. she doesn't want to look at him so she ends up going to the grief meeting but doesn't take part she stays in the car and she's just about to drive off when Joan stops Annie and she, as she starts to come out of the parking lot, she's really nice. We learn that her son died too and her grandson died. They drowned. And she gives her a phone number and just says, you know, if, if you need anything. Were you suspicious of her? Bitch. No, I literally put um, Jones like, so Jones type person you need when you don't feel like you want anyone. And the thing is as well, she was there for a long time because she was, you know, the first grief meeting when they were talking, she was there yeah. and a dress. Has the same well, symbol. Well, that, that that's up. what she said, didn't she? She said, we miss you or, or we're worried about you or something like yeah. that. And so they... Annie does go to visit Joan, but not before... Oh, sorry, I forgot a bit. Peter lays in bed, he hears clicking, and it looks like somebody's in the room again. Yeah. It's, it's so creepy. But Annie goes to visit Joan, and there's a welcome mat, and it's the ones that her mother used to embroider. Yeah. Now, embroidered welcome mats are not common yeah and i put i literally put susser's fook yeah that is i was like this is something wrong. that was where i thought that joan there was something up with joan as soon as she saw the welcome mat, i was like oh there's something a bit suspicious here because she's really quick to dismiss it as well she's like oh my mother used to make ones like that and she's like oh did she that's interesting and completely yeah i've got it i've it. got it a bit further down but i have got joan is definitely on some cultist bullshit like yeah. at, at one point i did click and think that she's not right so we learn a little bit more about why Annie's relationship is so fragmented with Peter. She admits to sleepwalking, and while she was sleepwalking, she ended up dousing herself and the kids in paint thinner, with, and she was standing there with a box of matches, and she 
only woke herself up by striking the match. Yeah. And God, that must be terrifying. Because people people sleepwalk like that. Yeah, but th- this is what I mean. Th- that must just be sleepwalking because Joan is... Oh, she does get possessed. Look. I think she's disassociated. I think because somebody talked... She said something about disassociative disorder and Annie kept saying that she was just sleepwalking, but she was... She, uh, that they nobody really believed her and they put it down to disassociative disorder, so she completely disassociated from what she was doing. Yeah. But I remember when I was younger, it was when I had my appendix out because of the stitches, I couldn't climb up to my bed. So mum let me stay in her bed with her. And I woke up in the night and Wayne used to work away and things like that. So mum always kept a knife under a mattress. Yeah. And I woke up and I saw, I'd sort of just like looked at mum and she just sat up. Like, just deadpan, mum sat up like that. And I went, mum, are you all right? She didn't say anything to me. She didn't speak to me. She walked over to the wardrobe, opened it, stood and looked at it for a bit, closed it, opened it again, closed it again, and then opened it one more time and just stared at it for ages. And I was freaking the fuck out. And she afterwards, she just got back into bed, laid asleep. And then in the morning, the wardrobe door was still open because I didn't dare get out of bed and close it yeah but it really freaked mum out when i told her what she'd done it creeped mum out so much that she no longer held a knife under her bed because she was so scared like what like if you're gonna do something like that you, you can easily pick up a knife yeah it's not difficult and it, it it oh it creeped me out but it was sort of like that but peter remembered the situation with the paint thinner and she feels like he blamed her and it was just it was really it was really uncomfortable we cut back then to Annie doing a miniature of Charlie's corpse. Yeah, which at first I thought that's fucked up, but then I thought, but people deal with grief in different ways. And she it, says that, doesn't she? Yeah, she, so she, says, she says it's from a neutral point yeah. of view. Like it to the outside world. Well, to, to anyone who hasn't been through that level of grief, you might think that's fucked up, but you never, you don't know how people deal with it. And if it does help, then it helps. Yeah. So Steve, the dad, has made dinner. And it's, I think it must be like the first time they've all sat and had dinner together in a really long time. Oh, the time. tension in that it scene is, is it's, horrible. It's so silent. And Pope, I feel really bad for Peter. Yeah, he sort of I'm, looks I'm and Peter. then he just, he compliments him, his dad on cooking and like she scoffs, she makes like this like yeah. non-committal noise. And Peter asks if she's all right. And an argument ensues. And I just pissed myself when he was, he swore and she was like, don't you swear at me, you little shit. And yeah. I was like, that's such a me thing to say. The thing is, you've got to look at Peter, right? He's a, he's a teenage a kid. He's is, is going through, I think, is it high school? Probably. Probably yeah. high school. Yeah. Going through high school. It, it, like, and all of a sudden, he's killed his sister. He's destroyed his mother. You can you, the, 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 mom, the, the the dad and the son, Peter and... I don't know the dad's name. Uh, Steve. Peter and Steve can see the mum going mildly insane yeah. from this. So he's got to live with killing his sister, destroying his mother's mental well-being, destroying the family because none of them are getting along. Like, I feel so bad for him. No, I agree. And I put this and I put this um, line down from the film because I'm just conscious of how much I'm saying um again. I feel like I've gone out of the habit of it and I'm going to sure get back into anyway. it. Shit. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it in. I don't give a fuck. So she says, your sister is dead. You're in pain. I wish I could shield you and protect you. If you'd said sorry, nobody admits to anything they've done. Yeah. She says, I wish I could be there for you, but I can't. Like, Which is understandable. That this, is why the, this is why the film works so well, because you, the mum, even in this... You feel bad for Peter because of the way that Annie's treating her, 
But then you understand, like when she says stuff like that, you're like, oh, but she is still a loving mother. That is she's, a point. She's just struggling. So you kind of you want to, you want to dislike a character, but you can't because they've all they've all done something wrong. Like for example, uh, did you say Steve was a dad's name? Yeah. So Steve, it's one of them films where you're like, oh, just believe her, just listen to her. But then at the same time, you look at what's been, and, it, and even then, still he still looks after her and loves her. Yeah. He's still trying to like be with Peter and make him feel okay. So they've, they've all got cons that are understandable yeah. because of what they're going through. Well, Peter replies, she didn't want to go to the party. And that's sort of a, well, yeah, actually... Yeah, because he says, what about you? Like, yeah, it says, no lands with you. And we were talking about this at work. We're doing an inspector calls at the minute, and I have mentioned it before, but it's about a chain of events. So one person did something to the character, but it turns out all the family have done something to that one character, and it led to a chain of events. And I was mentioning it to the kids because I didn't really understand, and I said, right, you imagine a drunk driver hits and kills a child, okay? So they're sentenced for that murder, it's done. The parent cannot cope and ends up completing suicide because they cannot bear to be without that child. Does that drunk driver then have another manslaughter on his hands? Because con it's a chain of yeah, events. Con consciously, yes. Legally, no. Yeah. And it, I, it got them thinking, and it's sort of like this now. If you hadn't made a go to the party, she wouldn't have gone to the party and had nuts, and well, then I wouldn't have decapitated what, what it? her. Is it called the Mandela effect? When, yeah. When something... You, you could do Don't know. So the say, man so domino say, effect. Are you sure it's not a Mandela effect? No, Mandela effect is where you think something's been something and it's not. Oh, I thought it was called the Mandela effect. No, Mandela... So, so like, if like everybody thinks that Coca-Cola's in this certain font, but it's not. Uh, but everybody assumes it's that's Mandela. But, but yeah, so so if I got hit by a car tomorrow, I, you could go back and say, well, last... Touchwood you don't. Yeah, touchwood I don't. If you go back to last week and say, oh, if I'd have set off for work 10 minutes earlier, the domino effect that would have had on everything in my day might have meant that I didn't step out onto the road at that time. Yeah. It's one of them things where you could, you could you could keep going, but this is where it comes from because they're trying to find something to blame. Yeah. But there isn't anyone. That's where the frustration's coming from. Completely. So we next cut to Joan in the art supply parking lot and I just put coincidentally. Yeah. She's buzzing because she went to a seance and they conjured a grandson and is in complete disbelief and they then go to, back to her apartment and they hold the seance again. So she give, she goes with Joan, they put the hand on the glass, there's no pressure, and it starts responding for, I think it's called Louie or Louie. And the grandson starts responding on the chalkboard and he says, I love you, Grandma. And Anne, Annie is just like completely overwhelmed. She's crying, she doesn't know what to do with herself. And just before she leaves, because she says, I can't cope with this, I can't do this, Joan says look this is how you do it this is how you start the seance you've got to make sure all your family are in the house and then it'll yeah. work or else something bad will happen I, th I think this is where i clocked onto joan because when she approached annie the first time in the parking lot it was all about being supportive and being there for you whereas this time in the craft parking lot she was forcing it on her she wouldn't take no yeah. for an answer and that's when i was like this is this isn't offering help this is insisting help do you think that it was actually the grandson or do you think it was all a big ploy and it was actually the king of hell writing i love you grandma on the chalkboard um, to try and manipulate her into it probably yeah yeah i agreed i, I didn't think he was there i don't think it was a real story yeah so she's in bed and there's ants in the room ants all over peter and she's sleepwalking and she ends up going into peter's room but she then says, I never wanted to be your mother. I was scared. She pressured me. She tells Peter that she tried to have a miscarriage. Yeah. Peter's crying. He says, why did you try to kill me? And then she lights it. She wakes up. She wakes it, up. It wasn't a dream. Uh, well, it was a dream, he, wasn't it? about lighting on fire. 
It was a dream. Yeah, and it was a nightmare again. But then Annie does go over to Peter. She apologises and says, I'm really sorry for everything that's happened. I know it's not your fault. And blah, blah, blah. She wakes Steve up and then they do the seance. And honestly, Peter's acting in this. He is so scared. You can just see it. It is. This is what I mean. Like, later on in the film, when when Steve's... When when Annie presents Steve with all the evidence that she's collected, like the drawings, yeah. the, the books of her mother, the symbols, like it's found a body at this point. Um, I was cutting, and then uh, Pete, no, Steve doesn't believe. Her. I'm kind of like, for fuck's sake, Steve. But then when you when I think back to this, because that, that's a t- uh, classic cliche. Oh, you're not believing in your loved one. You're an idiot. Just listen to him. But then when I when, now you've just brought that up, and I think back to that scene and how scared Peter was and. And uh, Steve is sat there thinking, my wife is losing her mind and she's dragging my son along yeah. with, with her. So I understand why later on in the, the film, Steve's just kind of like, no, I'm not having this. Like, you need help. But the thing is as well, he knows that mental illness runs in the family because yeah. he sends an email later and it's about to say, like, I'm worried about Annie. Like, she's, yeah. this is happening again. Something bad's happening. So Charlie ends up moving the glass. Everybody's freaking out. The, clan, the candle flares up and then lights again. And... Annie ends up possessed. Yeah. And they have to throw water over to bring her out of it. And Peter is devastated. He's sobbing his heart out. And there's a thing that says liftoch pan- pandominum. And I'm pretty sure pandominum means hell or meant yeah. hell. I feel like I've heard this in Milton's Paradise Lost or something like that, but I'm not 100%. Peter's watching this light that ends up flickering in the class. It cuts to Peter's yeah, class. I never, I never really got, light, got that. It, it happened earlier on in the film with Charlie, I yeah. think. He follows it to the window and sees a reflection smirking back. I and mean, that made me feel like smile. Yeah. Like, it, it reminded me of smile. Anything that smirks or smiles freaks me out. No, I still haven't watched oh, it. Right. Annie ends up wrecking the miniature room because she's having a complete breakdown. And she later walks down the hall and hears scribbling slash drawing. And there's a book being drawn on in the bed and it's yeah. drawing things like the pigeon head and stuff like that it's drawing loads of different stuff see again you brought up a good point now which made me reconsider I, again I don't think this is Charlie N- nothing Never. No. nothing that they Joan showed when they, they did their seance or when uh, Annie Peter and Steve did their seance did any of it point towards it being all, all the seance with the family did was push the glass mm. and and possess. Like there was never any, and even the drawings in the book, there was drawings of Peter, wasn't there? That's what that's yeah. what was being drawn. So that's, and it was like it was crying, and then his eyes were crossed out, and it yeah, represented which, what happened the night before. Yeah, which which would point towards that's the whatever um, demon that, hell, that yeah, yeah the king of hell. That's him drawing what he wants. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. There's, you've you've put the point in. There's pictures of Peter crying and things like that, and. You feel like uh, you see hands grab his neck and start choking him, and he blames Annie, and he says it was her because she's yeah. in the corner of the room, and she's like, "No, I've literally just I've been awake. You were asleep. I, you were screaming. I came in." But you're then like, "Oh, but did you?" It was Annie. Yeah. It must have been. And so Annie then tries to contact Joan, and there's cult shit, and I knew it. By the way, fuck this film because I'm pretty sure that scene where uh, Peter's getting his head pulled. There's a dog that you see a dog for the first time. No, there was a dog beforehand at the beginning. Was it right? Because I don't. Yeah, remember. it was right. Because I put since when was there a fucking dog involved? No, like, it, what's the point? It in that? was at the beginning. Because I'm sure on the way to the shed you see the dead dog die. Yeah, yeah, when I saw as soon as I saw the dog, I went on. Does the dog die? And I was like hereditary. Yeah, I thought it's not specifically seen, uh, but it and does because die. it didn't show the dog throughout the film, I didn't really have any attachment to it. Oh, like. I still felt a little bit sad. Oh yeah, I was still like fuck this film. But. Oh. 
So Peter is then at school and you see Joan there screaming at him, but nobody else can hear of can hear her. And so the king is called King I don't know if it's Pamon or Paymon, and they need a vulnerable soul. And I was like, they're going to take Peter, but not for the reason that I thought they were going to the, take if you, Peter. If you skip the um, the Jones scene at the school, because that shit. Fucked. Yeah, I've just said it. Oh right, because Jones the, there screaming at. Yeah, because Annie goes to Jones' apartment, which she can't get in, but then it shows us on the table a picture of Peter. Yeah, all the cult shit. Yeah, so uh, so did that mean that Joan had now chosen Peter? To, to be the vessel because he's the most vulnerable because he's just killed Charlie. I'm guessing that's what it was. Yeah. I think that the King of Hell was trapped within Charlie. I do because when she... He said well, she was supposed well, to be a boy. It's, it's not normal for for the um, for a kid to cut a pigeon's head off. Yeah. And she's also walking to it where you can see Ellen sat yeah. there with flames in front of her. So... I think she was trapped in the vessel. Was, was the curse put on Charlie before she was born because she was supposed, supposed to be, be a boy? boy. Yeah, I it's weird. I need to watch an end and explain on it. Yeah. Because I don't understand the link between Charlie and Peter. Yeah, definitely. So Annie ends up going into the attic and sees like there's pictures of uh, Ellen and things like that with friends, including Joan. So yeah. you're sort of all piecing it together. And there's flies everywhere, which is also a possess possession indicator, as well as the fact that Ellen's dead body. Yeah. Decapitated as well. Yeah. I didn't know if it was uh, Charlie's at first. I yeah, I, I said, is it Ellen's? Yeah, I, didn't, I, I, I wasn't sure. Charlie or Grandma's body? Peter hears Charlie's clicking and he gets possessed. And I've seen this on TikTok before, so I knew what was coming, slamming his head down. Though yeah. I seem to remember he slammed it down on a pencil and killed himself. But I think that's another film. I think that's maybe Truth or Dare. It's a dark night. <laughs> Oh, I think it happens in Truth or Dare as well. Like the slam I've the head down. As well. Yeah, I think it does actually. I think Yeah, right. and he breaks his nose. Annie tells Steve to go look in the attic. He doesn't believe her, but he still goes. Good husband. I like Steve. He's, yeah. a, he's a good person. Steve thinks that Annie dug up the grave. He sort of assumes it was her about it being desecrated. And at one point at what point do you begin to explain this? See, this is the and this this isn't a um a dig towards a film it's a dig towards a character but not not like the film did something wrong because yeah. it's still understandable but I know Annie's been through a lot and she's portrayed a lot of crazy for lack of a better term yeah. um, tendencies but she's got this book where it's literally like there's a dead body in the in the loft which he's now seen that that's bad enough yeah. so now he's got to be thinking right there's some serious shit going down here maybe not paranormal yet <clears throat> But when she presents his book with all the things in it, then that's, even after everything that's happened, then I'd think, oh shit, maybe she's not chatting shit. Yeah. Like, but he just completely blanks her off, like straight I think away. he's just fed up, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's upset. He's, he's not really had his own time to grieve because he's been looking after Annie. And so I, I do feel like that does play a part in it. So he does look in the attic, sees it. She begs him to put the book in the fire because when she throws the book in the fire the first time, her hand ends up getting yeah. set like, or, a, or a shirt. And... She he says she'll she says sorry I'll go up in flames too, and because he refuses to do it she launches it in but it sets him on fire. Yeah, again I don't understand this like why like why does it set him on fire? I don't have a clue. But then Annie gets this like sudden possessed face. So I I don't know why I don't know how it happened. But Peter wakes up and there's a light on in the treehouse. 
He walks through the house. He sees his dad's burnt to a crisp. Oh, I just want to put a point in that we that, yep. I, that I missed when he picks Peter up from school and just starts crying at the traffic light. It broke my fucking heart. Oh god, heart. it's so it, sad. It's traumatizing. This film does it? so well in making you you feel bad for every character. There's not one of them you blame. Yeah. And so after he's going through the house, he sees his dad's burnt to a crisp, and he's in the corner. Did you see her? At the top, like that. Yes. Yeah. Oh! Yeah, she crawls behind him, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. That, that, crawling on, across walls fucks me yeah. up. Like, I just can't it's stand creepy. shit like that. There's a naked per- people in the dark. Yeah. Annie's at him. He manages to get to the attic. And she's... I'm... This creeped me out. She's just slamming her head into the yeah. door. <clears throat> I was like, oh, no. Um, Why... I'm guessing those other people were... They're cult people members. People who would sacrifice herself for the cult. No, they're real. They're not dead. They're members of the cult. Are you sure? Yeah. They're all grey as fuck. Yeah, they're all old members of the cult. Ah, I thought they was all dead. No, no, they're not dead, they're alive. But Charlie's but Charlie's up there, her dad's up there, and they're all dead, so I thought they were... No, I... they're not, they're alive. Oh. Yeah, and so, because he's at the funeral. And do you know what breaks my fucking heart as well? What? Really break, broke my heart when I watched it, I was like, oh, this fucking film is tugging on my heartstrings. When... He's she's smashing her head on the act to get in. He still calls her mummy. Yeah, like, he's so oh, scared. It, it's just like, oh. But that scene of her banging yeah. her head into that wall is Well, it don't, it don't beat the one coming up. Oh, Holy my God. shit, that was fucking mental. So there's candles lighting the room. Shit's about to go down. And there's a picture of him with his eyes scratched out. He thinks he's dreaming and he hears these squishy sounds. Oh, and this, he looks up. This and, got me fucked And up. he's decapitating her own head with but a it, piano it's, wire. It's the way she does it. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like she's an animatronic doll, yeah. like one in, like, like one at a time. And I was just like, it's a wire. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. She's like, pulling I was, it. I was just like, but it's it's how anima, anima, uh, animatronic animatronics would it was. do it. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Like that, that, that was fucking this gross. This is what I mean. I, I wasn't. I jump- thought she was hanging at the start. I didn't think yeah, she would be I decapitating herself. I thought herself. she was stabbing herself at first. Yeah, but, so, yeah. But this film does so well without making you jump. I wasn't jumped. It, made I was once, so spooked I was like, oh, it, I was just creeped out. And he just flies out the window. Yeah. And light ends up flooding around him. I presume that's the demonic spirit. Maybe, yeah. I think he died. Yeah, he did die. I yeah, think. he died coming out that window and then the spirit got into him. And, oh, and the mother, I think it was Annie, floating. And oh, up, up the, the treehouse, yeah. a decapitated Holy head. shit, like that shit just, yeah. that, that's a type of horror, I love it. It's like the woman in black when she's just stood in the window watching. Yeah. Shit like that where it's not, it's not a jump in your face. Right, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh my God, that just... The, the way the body was just, oh yeah. God. It, it was just literally leading itself yeah, it up. Just, it looked oh, like God, it was so creepy. Up. I was watching it like, this is minging. Well, there were naked cult members everywhere and Charlie's head was on a statue with the dead parents bowing down to her and Ellen was the queen of hell. He's now the king and Charlie, when Charlie, I think Charlie's possession was with the king of hell and the king of hell then possessed Peter yeah. as Charlie. I feel like it went, it was hereditary. Yeah, but then the thing is, Charlie's wasn't a male. No, but I think it was trapped. I think she was supposed to be a male and it failed, but it trapped the spirit in her body, but he couldn't release his full potential until but, he was a but male. But then why, to me, that would make it seem like the grandma would resent her because it needed to be a male. And wouldn't she just want Charlie dead as soon as possible so that the that the king can find a male vessel? I don't fucking know. I don't know. I need to watch an end and explain. explained. Someone will fucking found flicks all now. So Peter is then used as a sacrifice for Charlie to host, who is now one of the kings of hell. And they start with, they finish with Hail Payman. Yeah. So, budget. 
Oh shit, yeah, I forgot about this. Bear in mind. It's quite an indie film, like. Bear in mind, it's got Tony Collette in, who is a famous I actress. Can't, I can't, but when we used to do this every week, I kind of got a feel for. Yeah, what I, was I've what? completely lost it now. Go and have a guess. So this is the budget. Eight million. Ten million. You weren't Ooh, far off. Wait, in it five either way? Is that not the Five rule? either way. Yeah, it was. But fucking hell, that's a right scope. But yeah, okay. I'm counting that as a one yeah. out of one for well, season two. Half out of one. No, you were solidly off. I, but... no, I wasn't. All right, solidly all right, off. all right, all right. All right. I one out of one. Million. One out of one. You've got it. You've got it. Right. What was the box office? Well, did it go in cinemas? Yeah. Did it? Mm-hmm. Uh. 64 million. 82.5 million. Uh, still this, a million miles away. This, uh, I feel bad in the books. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it, it made a lot. It, it was, and it only grew in popularity when it came out of the cinemas. Yeah. What are you, you're getting right grin I'll, on your I'll face. You, you think you can fly away? Yeah, but I'll tell you after the podcast. Right. It's funny so story. behind the scenes, originally, Tony Collette told her agent no more dark, heavy scripts, but she loved Hereditary so much she couldn't turn it down. Uh, Ari Aster, who was the director, tried to make as many practical effects as he could rather than post-production. So things like Annie cutting into her neck with the piano string was real. What do you know? He gave her a full like neck mould to use. It was shot in 32 days. That's impressive. Yep. The entire Graham house was built on a soundstage, so it wasn't a, a house that they did up. It was a soundstage house. Yeah. At the beginning, Peter's classroom... The words on the board say escaping fate on the board. You'll love this. And it's a nod to Halloween when they're discussing the same things. The original Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis when she's looking out the window. The same words are on the board. When Peter and Charlie are on the way to the party, they drive past the pole that kills her and the cult symbol is on the pole. Oh, shit. So it must have been destined from the start for Peter Mm -hmm. to kill Charlie because it needed a male vessel. Hereditary has multiple meanings in the title. It could be that mental illness is hereditary. Inheriting a body is hereditary. Inheriting possession. It's never specifically explained why, and that's up to the audience to decide. And Ari Aster's never commented on that. And I've got my quick question as well. I'm prepared. So this is my would you rather that's not a would you rather. Oh, are you doing it this week? Yeah, I thought I might as well. Because no, it, it was my film. Well, I did have one, but it was not horror related Okay. Question... How far do you agree with this statement? Metaphors are ruining the horror genre. What do you What do you mean? So you about representing it? a film as something through something else as it is. Give me so an like example. grief, grief is ruining the horror genre. No, I disagree. How um, so? I the thing the thing is with horrors is that I think it needs meanings like that to to keep them going because horrors since um, I'd probably say. I'd probably say from Psycho onwards, horrors are renowned for being cheap to make, cheap to film, Mm -hmm. and that gives you, even if it doesn't do well in the box office, the chances are you're going to make a profit, Yeah, which is why you you see so many few, like, sequels to shitty, like, you haven't seen a Countdown 2, or a Truth or Dare 2, because because they're cheap, in and out, quick, in in the door, get your money, fuck off, never, that, that film's done now. Yeah. So I think this is why The Conjuring, like, the the films that, that have a deeper meaning are the ones where you get sequels. And even though sometimes production um, turn it into a cash grab, like Halloween, like Friday the 13th, like, um, even I think Annabelle was a cash grab. Uh, I think, 
like, well, for example, there's just some films where it's just like greediness, quick money. But I think when they've got underlying meanings, it, it sets, it, it means you can go further with it. Do you know what I'm saying? Because what when there's a deeper meaning to just killing or jump scares. It, you can suspend it more in belief because there's an actual analogy and metaphor behind it. It doesn't have to be realistic. Yeah, yeah. Sort like, of when, when, when it's just cheap, um, which don't get me wrong, I think there's definitely a place for those types of films because they are, like, I've just watched Terrifier all month. It's a good film. The original. Yeah, the original. Um, there is definitely a place for them, but the ones that... The, the horror films that stand out are the ones that don't just scare you, but they make you feel something towards a film. And mm. I feel like using metaphors is a good way to get to get at that. For, for example, one of my... You know what? I'd probably say it is in one of my... Maybe not favourite, but creepiest, is um, As Above, So Below. And that's built upon Dante's Inferno, yeah. that greed, guilt, stuff like that. You know, that and I love that because... Yeah, because there's, there's meaning behind it. So, no, I don't, I don't think it's ruining horror at all. I think it has its place. I'm, I'm completely with you. It does definitely has its place in the genre. I, I, I think that... I, th- I think a good way to neutralise it would be... I think that um, productions that are solely based on the purpose of creating no real... Um, emotion towards a film it's just to make you jump or make you scared yeah. should stay away from stuff like that leave yeah. it leave it to the ones that are, that that, that are passionate about making a genuinely good horror film they're yeah. the ones who should uh, go go down that path because they, they, they have the budget and the actors to justify it and not make it cheesy mm-hmm. so I, I do understand why that statement's about because the cheap ones that try and jump on the bandwagon of oh this has a deeper meaning yeah. it kind of takes it away for the ones that actually are portraying it like a relevant thing. For example, hereditary, yeah. like grief, loss, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, done. Done. Next week will be a midweek. That's yours. Yeah, and I've uh, I think I've already got an idea for it. But you'll need. To... Oh yeah, so we're gonna do who am I? So we're both we're gonna. Both... Oh, like guess who? Yeah, so we're both gonna pick either killers, characters from horror okay. films, and then we have questions to ask to be like. That's a. F- cheap shot out of a midweek making me do the bastard one. <laughs> no, no, all, all you've got to do is pick the pick character. A character. Pick, pick... Yeah, but I've got to know stuff about them. So yeah, that means yeah, that but you've it, got to pick it, it'll someone. It'll be interesting, but we're going to have okay. to... We're gonna, I think we should set like um, levels to it. So we'll do an easy, a medium, a hard, an expert. Do you okay. know, to, to make it a bit more in-depth? Because if, if we pick one that the other one doesn't know. I was thinking as well, before we go today, do you want to pick a film... Uh, this week for the next two weeks. I was, so I was thinking time. about it, but I can't think of one. I was thinking maybe Fear Street. Oh, that's a series, though. It's a, no, it's not a series. It's a three-part film. You got. Oh, that's a long. No, no, it's that. not a three-part film. It's three separate films. Oh, like, like different storylines, but the link together. Like there's a there's a link between it. Uh, well, I've never seen it, so we can do that. I'm not one. saying that for certain, but we'll put we'll pencil that in for now. But I want to. Barbarian is on Disney Plus. Oh, uh, maybe Barbarian as well. Or... But we could do the menu because we watched that. Yeah, but I won't want to watch it again so soon. No, I don't need. I don't think I need it, to. It was long, I think. It was amazing. Ray Fine. Not lo- is, not long it, in a bad way, yeah. but it was the runtime yeah. was long. It was fantastic. I honestly, I was list- I was talking to it with one of my students today, and they'd watched it because I'd recommended it. They were like, it was really, really good. It was. It was a good film. Yeah. Um, but for the midweek when I'm thinking, we can't mention titles, so you can't say, "Is it from screen?" Okay, so because no then, titles. Because then you can just. Yeah. You would literally say, is it Sydney Prescott? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah but you'd you just be like, oh, is he from Halloween? Yeah, and then that's narrowed down yeah. so much. Okay, else. so no no film titles allowed. Yeah, so you have to be, does he get killed by so-and-so? Okay. All right, so. Right. Well, welcome. Well, this well, is the second episode. Well, it's a, it's a real it's welcome first, back, isn't it? It's the first full yeah. movie. But, All right, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed. It. Thanks for listening. Bye.